lot of players out there, they name themselves UGC, but in reality, they are not UGC, they AGC, meaning actor generated content. Marketing content from Brian Davis, e commerce and growth marketing leader, giving you actionable insights you can apply today. Bite sized podcast with Daniel James. So, for anybody who's been listening to Bite Size for some time, creatives being the variable is a statement largely agreed upon by myself and most of my guests, whether that's a brand founder or a marketer. And let's break down what effective marketing is it's images, videos, copy structured in a way to drive an action. To develop a creative that drives action, you have to understand creative performance and use that as a feedback loop into your creative strategy, your media buying, your creative optimization teams. Applied performance, we use Motion. So Motion is a creative reporting platform that visualizes creative performance and uses really easy to understand metrics that are mapped to the consumer funnel. So from thumb stock ratio to ROAS, Motion gets so easy to understand not just performance, but where you need to optimize. Not only that, it's a huge time saver. We estimated that since using Motion across the agency, we've saved our teams two days a week from manual data pulls, allowing them to test and analyze creative far more efficiently and get winning creatives and really help drive performance. Creative is the variable. Hey, Daniel, welcome to BiSize. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for inviting me. Of course, man, of course. We've known each other for a minute, um, so I'm really, I'm really happy to have you on. It's been great to get to know you over these last two years, maybe it's been? Yeah, uh, it's been two years. Yeah, and uh, Daniil really knows his New York eateries. We went to a phenomenal restaurant in New York last time we were together. The best mac and cheese I think I've ever had in my life. What's the name of that place? Uh, the name was uh, Area. So oh, okay. yeah, and I would agree the best mac and cheese in my life as well. And I heard that from any folks that I'm bringing there or recommending. Yes, 100%. Well, Daniil, um, super excited to have you on. Um, would love to, first and foremost, for anyone who doesn't know you, uh, just give us your two-minute kind of career story, how it started, um, and what you're currently doing. Yeah, I'm an immigrant founder living in New York. I originally am from Russia, uh, where I started my career. And uh, after university, I joined the startup world because I've always been passionate about inter, uh, entrepreneurship. So, you know, this world, like seeing that people are actually changing something in the world, like that's always been intrigued me. Even though like I didn't start my company after the university, but I just joining that. And uh, yeah, I joined as a business developer development manager w for one of the MarTech company who is doing like some products for the loyalty. Uh, within the six months, I got promoted to head of sales, started managing people, uh, uh, sales managers who has uh, kids, right? And I'm just, I'm just recently graduated, right? Uh, that was like really great experience, uh, really fast forwarding. Unfortunately, the startup uh, didn't go well and then I joined the corporation because I wanted to explore what's up uh, with that world. Uh, I joined a company called Kiwi. It's uh, listed on NASDAQ company from the payment industry, like e-wallets uh, and different payment methods. Uh, and uh, again, the fast uh, corporate career, I joined as the business development manager, got promoted to category manager, then head of industry, head of department, all within two years. When I finished my experience uh, at uh, Kiwi, uh, I was in charge of 13% of net revenue of one billion, billion dollar company listed on NASDAQ. So pretty impressive in a way. 
But the reason why I left is be because of incense, uh, the current venture that I'm co-creating with my brother. And the reason why I left is my brother. So he pitched me the idea of incense, and then I'm just like, okay, now I'm ready to get back to my original roots, to become the entrepreneur. And that's how we started incense. Uh, and incense is a creator commerce marketplace where we can add uh, seven, eight figures uh, e-commerce uh, marketers with uh, EGC creators and micro-influencers. Awesome. So I didn't know that background story, actually. There you go. I've already learned something new when we've been hanging out for ages. Um, awesome. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with incense, and you just kind of mentioned high level there. Um, but really, like, dive more into what problem is incense trying to solve for, for, for brands and marketers? Yeah, uh, we shape this uh, in uh, fancy words, uh, upscale, paid social, and scale creator influencer programs. So what we learned that we are not the great solution for the beginners in e-commerce, but we are really great for those uh, businesses who are ready to scale. So those who are already making one mil uh, in annual uh, GMV or sales, uh, then they question themselves, okay, right now we're ready to pull the trigger and doing more acquisition on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or different uh, social platforms. But for to be able to win, we need to produce a lot of content. And right now EGC is outperforming for e-commerce specifically, or I need to launch my influencer programs, both like ambassadorship, uh, product seeding. So how I'm able to scale that? Because right now I don't have time DMing influencers, I, I, I'm ready to allocate some resources and to automate the process. So that's the problems that we are uh, solving specifically for mid-market uh, e-commerce. Makes sense. And you mentioned it there, it's creators and micro-influencers. I asked this of, uh, of, of anyone who comes on that's in the world of influencer and creator, what's the difference? What's a creator? What's an influencer? Great question. Uh, the way how we define that is uh, a creator is a person who can produce uh, user-generated content uh, that drives performance in ads. So, for instance, portfolio of branded content is essential to understand whether this uh, creator is able to produce this content or not. Uh, so, speaking about marriage process. Uh, if we're talking about influencer, is a person who has an audience in social media and the majority of publications resonates with the email audience. So that doesn't mean that uh, if you're an influencer and you have you know, 10,000 followers, but your engagement rate is below zero, let's, <laughs> let's put it like that. So then you're probably not an influencer. You just gain some audience, but you are not really engaging with them. So the quality of the audience is essential and uh, how you produce the, the content. And then uh, another word, that another phrase that we heard from our partners at Meta, they were saying not every influencer is a creator, and vice versa. And I think in many ways it's true. So influencer, it doesn't mean that uh, they are able to produce great content for your ads, but they will do the great stuff for reaching out the audience organically and then boosting this con content with uh, influencer allow listing. But uh, creator also doesn't mean that the person who has like any following, it doesn't mean it's uh, this person is not able to produce the content that will resonate with the audience in ads. No, that doesn't mean. Agreed. I'm, g I'm glad we're getting basically the same answer across most people, but it is interesting, right, just how much in our space it's used interchangeably. 
influences creators i think making sure you know what you're looking for what outcome you're looking to achieve is priority number one within this space right are you looking for influence over a community or are you looking for really good content to run in paid 100 percent. i think uh understanding the goal and the problem that we're trying to solve that's the that's the key not only talking about influencers and creators but they overall for the business uh for your business goals <laughs> and it's uh, or your even the personal goals what what goal you, uh, you would like to accomplish yeah 100 percent. so you're you're pretty active on twitter right well trying to be i'm not uh, even uh, close to be uh, to become nick shacklefold but i'm chasing it for him i am i'm going for for him i say this with jess but maybe i shouldn't he's obviously not busy enough no one has that amount of time to post on twitter that much i mean we all love nick so it, it's it's said with love in my heart the reason I ask is, is you know, it's a, it's a bit of an echo chamber, but there's a lot of really smart people in this space, you know, talking about things, you know, on there, albeit a, a, a very, very small subsection of the space. But, you know, I think there and, and maybe more broadly, right, do you, you do see creator content has come under some fire and scrutiny recently. Why do you, why do you think that is? I think in many ways uh, what we've been ob- observed uh, for the past uh, few weeks of saying UGC is dead, in many ways it's a provocation to raise the topic. And I think there is a ground for this. First of all, no one presented that UGC is dead in a way of data. So comparing that, okay, before and now, or UGC against the I don't know, DPA or whatever, right? So something that is going to be tangible. No one is presented on Twitter, this small chamber. That's number one. But the secondly, do I believe that UGC is dead? No, it's not dead, but it's evolving. And uh, I think there, there are a few reasons. So in 2020, 2022, it was the rise of UGC, right? Uh, because everyone produced that uh, in many ways and so on. And be that's also accelerated to introduce more players in the market, like UGC agencies, tech companies, Twitter individuals who name themselves UGC experts. When it becomes like that, so it basically goes low quality in the mass market because it became mass market. So everyone is UGC. And let's produce a lot of uh, content uh, just in front of my iPhone camera. Doesn't mean that it's UGC. No, it's not because also what uh, what what it happened, a lot of players out there, they name themselves UGC, but in reality, they're not UGC. They AGC, meaning actor generated content. And I think uh, if we coming back to the initial topic, UGC is that, right? I'm thinking about that it's evolving in a way how to drive performance, but keep authenticity. And that is the key because sometimes UGC doesn't, uh, doesn't drive p- any performance because it's not uh, converting. There is no CTA, there is no clear hooks. So how it's able to drive. But at the, at the same time, um, when it's well scripted, then what is the purpose of this UGC, especially when you are filming some actor who never interacted with the product 15 minutes before he received this product in their hand for the first time in their life. So people don't trust that. So my point of view here is that um, there is a magic formula. So hooks and CTA should be scripted, but the body should be guided. So guided in a way that creators should speak loud about what they're producing, but uh, at the same time, hooks and CTA, they should be scripted. So that's where a UGC should be uh, involving evolving like in our opinion 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting because to your point, I, I like to t- you know we're we're all we're in the space of marketers and we love to name things, right? And and you said there AGC, aggregate-generated content. You know, if you take a step back and think, well, what is it we're actually trying to achieve with the content? What we want is social proof, people face to camera ads to run in paid social. What does that replace? I think it, it it replaces somewhat things like legacy, more productionized video, where you'd have to get a location and an actor and a video crew. And, a, and you see what I mean? And all these things. So actually, like I think half the conversation is just a misinterpretation of what it is you're trying to achieve. And I think the biggest issue is calling it UGC. They're not users unless unless what you're doing is just sending free product to people and saying produce a video or you're getting it from actual customers so you know i I think like it's a really interesting one of the the name has made it almost come under attack because some people might just treat it as completely user generated like just give it away like send us whatever creative you want then it's not going to perform but then holding that holding content like to your point where it's a creator who really understands how to produce content they've got a script uh, there's a CTA attached. That's not UGC. That that's that's an actor producing a video, in lieu of what a lot of brands and marketers used to do, which is do that as a more productionized kind of like deliverable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, I think that's the whole point. So if uh, if it's uh, all scripted, then it's not UGC. If it's uh, okay, there is a free freedom and a flexibility. You have to share your world. Then it's uh, the content uh, quality, not truly for the ad performance, right? It's uh, it's okay for influence marketing, but it's not okay for for ad performance. So I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. So something is should be scripted, something is not. But the point is that UGC, as you mentioned, user generated content, meaning that they need to try your product, they need to share the experience with the product. And what we've been observed on our platform, uh, some of the creators, they tried to, uh, to use the product like skincare, and then uh, it doesn't resonate well with their skin. And they are saying like, hey, it doesn't resonate uh, with my skin, so I, I, I want to cancel the deal. Not to get paid, but like saying like, you cancel the deal, sorry. It's, it, and you know what? Brands actually appreciate that. They're saying, okay, wow, uh, we didn't know that. Like, can we reach out to learn more about uh, this stuff? But uh, yeah, for sure, like, please do not, uh, no strings attached, all this stuff. And I think in that case, it's uh, really creates the, these dynamics where you can interact with uh, these creators uh, as your consumers or potential consumers, but not where you're just saying, hey, here's the what, just say, like, what to work, and then they're becoming machines. It's uh, it's uh, not even actors, but like machines <laughs> who's just uh, reproducing the the scripts. Uh, does not make sense. Maybe that's the future. AI AI creators. But <laughs> that's maybe we'll s- maybe we'll save that one for another podcast, uh, Daniel. Because I've I've been having a lot of AI conversations recently. So like coming coming off that point then, and and you know I'm sure there'll still be conversations around UGC, AGC, everything else. But you know if we think more just about what you guys are trying to deliver right you're trying to deliver content from creators that's going to perform in paid what are the key things that determine whether the creator content is going to perform 
What do you hear from brands? What do you hear from the creators? How do you think about that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting topic because uh, we were talking about these UGC agencies or creative agencies who are focusing on UGC and some of them, they're really scientists in that. So they uh, really nail down uh, the reasons, the what, what is the models uh, of the creative that is going to be performing well, though they the majority of them, they usually ad test, <laughs> which is kind of like, yes, they're they are great in the understanding of uh, what should be included in a, uh, in, a, in a creative and I'm learning from them a ton. But at the same time, uh, they kind of working with the actors, uh, which is not bad, but like then raising the topic of uh, UGC is that. But in our opinion, what I learned uh, from our customers, uh, from uh, other folks in the space, that uh, first of all, there is a clear hook with a one problem, never messed up with uh, two problems uh, for one creative. So clear one problem, one hook. Then uh, should be clear CPAs. What is that? What's up? Like, uh, is it discount right now? Is it, uh, wh what's up? <laughs> be clear with that uh, from the beginning and uh, in the end. Then creators should be authentic and share the experience by highlighting product benefits and how it solves the problem. And here's you need to have guidance, meaning that, okay, here's the benefit and highlight the way what we prove and believe and want to position to the market. But you can play around. You can say like in the different uh, words are uh, the same thing. So that's the, uh, the body. Uh, and definitely the, the basement, uh, the quality of video and audio makes sense, right? Then uh, be platform specific. So uh, if you are creating the, some content uh, for TikTok, make sure this person is able to create the content for TikTok because he probably is not going to be working on different platforms, right? Uh, so that's why be platform spe specific. So there are uh, different uh, minor things, uh, not about, about like selecting the creator, but uh, also about the overlap. So like uh, music, using music uh, inside of the video, like all of this stuff. So just think uh, about that. Yeah, some really good points, es especially I think when it comes to that creative being super native to the platform that you're looking to execute across. I mean, if I, I think we do it, probably a lot of people do it. You, you can use your TikToks on your Instagram, you can use your in and vice versa. But I, I still think there's a slightly different style that resonates from what I've seen across like our portfolio of brands. So I think that's a, that's a, that's really key is finding creators who also understand the platforms because you know a lot of these creators I think when you find the really good ones they want to be the best creator they can be so they're they're also studying and I think that's the other thing people maybe don't think about as much it's like well we have to tell them everything like we take the approach with with creators and influencers of providing a script and options based on how we kind of see creator performing across you know our spend but these guys are also studying the platform right so you also want to rely on their understanding of what performs and also if they're doing multiple different kind of brand collabs or you know as a creator they're learning what works for them because you know i might be really good at one type of video but really bad at another so i think like native finding creators who fit creating the type of content that works for your brand or you think is going to work for your brand and being very specific you know where where we see it not working is not being specific with what you want the outcome to be and being native to the platform a a another thing as well when it comes to like vetting creators so obviously for you guys as a platform it's a marketplace right so you're kind of curating and vetting these influencers and creators i know how much effort that is to do <laughs> how, how do you guys do it at such levels of scale 
So there are a few programs that we cannot share uh, because it's oh, a common source. You know. Come on, <laughs> there are. It's just uh, us talking. It's just us. <laughs> right, right. But uh, the base one, the base one is simple, right? A trader location because right now we're serving several markets like the U.S. market, the U.K., uh, Canada, Australia, Germany. We cannot serve anyone in Asia or Africa because we are not operating. We don't have brands or brands who are interested in to promote any content there. So uh, and to be able to ship the products. And then audience locations, for the same reasons, holds your audience. And it's uh, both like engagement rate, uh, the average number of views uh, of your content and all, all the stuff. So for different platforms, it's also uh, platform specific. Then category and verticals. So we don't have much, we don't have many uh, traders in automotive because it's not our focus, but we do have a, lo a lot of lifestyle, beauty, uh, sports and wellness and so on. So that's that's a big criteria for us. And uh, for UGC traders specifically, it's branded content uh, portfolio. So they need to upload uh, a few pieces of the content that we can vet uh, either you're good to go uh, and ready to apply for the campaigns or not. And uh, yes, uh, as you mentioned, we are vetting creators. So we have 20,000 vetted creators on our platform and uh, everyone is vetted by both uh, automatic and manual approach. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of vetting, yeah. So for you, are you also tracking the performance of the creators when you buy the brands? And um, again, without giving away any brand specific, what what trends are you seeing? What interesting things are you seeing that might help you know any brands or markets that listen to this? You know, in terms of like what to look for or what to lean into when when looking to use incense potentially, or just in terms of their general creator and influencer marketing. Yeah, I think uh, vetting doesn't stop when you just bring uh, someone to the platform. Vetting is it's actually the uh, process where how creators are behaving on every platform, right? And uh, for instance, with us, uh, we have ranking system. So every time uh, once creator accomplished the deal, you can uh, uh, give us some stars about the deal and uh, write in the reviews. And I think that's uh, really important because in that case, you have the understanding whether these creators is great or not. Also, we have pages like Rising Talent or Top Star or Highly Responsive, all of the stuff. So in that case, you can navigate and understand who's the who's the creators that you you would like to find. So for instance, if it's Uzu campaign, so you need to put uh, Highly Responsive only, those creators that you can rely on based on our data. So, but uh, um, if, if we're talking about uh, overall outside of our platform, so it will be observed. So. A lot of e-commerce uh, brands right now stepping into the, uh, first of all, building their own relations with uh, influencers and creators uh, on the long term. So there is a retention or subscription to the creators with a certain level of delivery. So right now the beef, I wouldn't call that is ambassadorship program because ambassadorship program is uh, where you can basically put your face uh, and saying that I'm, I'm an ambassador of this brand. Right, Some, sometimes it's not about, and you cannot have hundreds of ambassadors probably, but it's more about long-term relations building with, uh, with the creators. We've been observing a lot of e-commerce brands right now really uh, putting and investing a lot to build their own roster of the creators, and they need to manage that uh, in, uh, in the right way, just to making sure that what is they set up there, that's number one. Secondly, product seeding, it's been forever, but right now uh, product seeding, no strings attached. So that's the approach that finally the majority of brands and especially top brands like OB, they, they're pushing this forward, meaning that they're sending hundreds of uh, samples to hundreds of uh, creators and saying that, hey guys, if you like uh, our product, 
give us a shot. If you don't, no strings attached. Nothing is expected uh, to, to be published or produce the content. But if, uh, if you love the product, let us know because we want to build a relations with you. And I think uh, in many ways, uh, that's, that's the where this whole um, influencer marketing is evolving in a way of how to build the relations long-term and how to ensure that creators is not only one-off campaign. Because sometimes marketers are thinking about, okay, I reach out to this influencer and their audience once, then I need to find another face. But that's not true because the way how marketing works, it's a few touches. <laughs> that's the ogilvy <laughs> uh, standards, right? So you cannot say that, uh, okay, I showed that to one person one time about my brand. No, you, you need to reach out through email, SMS, outdoor. So there are different ways how, to, uh, how you can go about that. Same with the influencers. So meaning that one post, it might be not uh, enough. And moreover, some of the posts cannot be reached uh, your audience based on the prompts doesn't mean that uh, you should never work with this creator. That's not, that's not true because sometimes organic could work in a different way. Something is resonating with the audience, something is not. You can uh, give a shot uh, again and again and uh, that's what we observed a lot. I think especially, like, I think also that seed, the seeding approach somewhat verticalized as well, right? We, I mean, with Ozzy, for example, we work with a lot of fashion brands. You don't need to try the product as much, right? So it's like, I'm not saying that the you're probably not going to seed out hundreds of t-shirts or jackets or pairs of pants or shoes. So I, d I do think as well that approach is probably a verticalized approach and it, and it can work. I think um, everything you're kind of saying funnels back to that fundamental understanding of well, what are you trying to achieve and what's influence, what's creator to drive paid. Do you see what I mean? Because everything you're just mentioning is, well, if I'm going to seed a bunch of products and then ask for them to produce content if they like the product and I have no control over that, what are the chances of any of that content performing in a paid campaign? Probably slim to none. But what it will do is get a lot of social awareness uh, conversation. And from there, like you said, the people who really like the products, who you like the content from, you can... It's a longer term approach though, right? It's like the funnel and then you narrow it down, you narrow it down. Um, it, it's somewhat hedging your bets that you're going to get enough quality stuff. And for something like Aussie, you know, um, who we're, we're both investors in, you know, it's not the only approach they're using to influence marketing, but it's, it's an outcome. They're using influencers in another way to drive a slightly different outcome because they want it specifically for paid. So um, again, I think it's interesting how the, there's multiple different avenues when it comes to creators and influencers, whereas it used to be very just simple. And I was actually talking, I had Megan Heaton on the podcast last week with some of our influencer team. And um, she was early in Instagram in terms of having a following and an influencer. We've worked with her for the entire four years of our lifespan. I remember we used to work with her on a CBD brand and it was just static images. And it would be a static image of her holding the bottle with a code. Dude, we made hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's not, not going to work anymore. <laughs> so sometimes you could. Yeah, you yeah. Could. Yeah, why not? <laughs> because uh, if you if you're going like a, uh, in in a stream that uh, everyone is doing, but uh, and everyone stopped doing something, it's always great to coming coming back to the old ideas that have been working. You know been, what? I'm gonna uh, do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do that. Uh, uh, please blanket approach across all of fly performance from now on. Just static image influencer post. No, but I think it just. I mean, you're not wrong. It can still work. Um, in actual fact, in fashion, flat lays. And, and simple stuff like that and simple influence aesthetics crush if it's the right, you know, there's, there's still elements to it. 
think it's to your point now, it's just, it's the evolution. One thing I will say, though, around all of this creator influence, coming from your perspective, is one of the biggest shifts that I've noticed in the market, or like in marketing, especially on social platforms, is the consumers, the people on these platforms, are, are just so much more savvy around whether they're being marketed to or not. Gone are the days where marketing felt like some kind of secret science. You know, if you ask the average person on Instagram, are you aware of iOS 14? Most of them would probably know, which is a strange place to be. Um, it makes it slightly more difficult, but I think when done right, influencer creator, it feels native, it feels authentic, people don't feel like they're getting marketed to. It feels very, like you said, where the creators you're seeing perform best from your trends, it's like there's a single problem and here's the solution. People want that. It's beneficial to them versus it being like, you know, a, a really hard kind of ad. Yeah, I I would agree here. So uh, definitely the evolution that is happening uh, in the space uh, for the creator economy in general. And uh, it's it's not anymore as simple as it is. Just to post that and just to get some likes, right? It's, it's not anymore about that. And we experience that a lot because we need to automate these processes what we can. And right now the number of use cases Man, it's it's just crazy. Our product managers are like <laughs> they sometimes they have a problem, right? Shall we introduce Amazon as a separate platform inside of uh, our uh, our brief or Amazon influencer storefronts? It should be a filter. So right now we just released this feature uh, a couple of weeks ago. So right now we introduce that as a filter. So in that case, you can find those uh, influencers on TikTok or Instagram who has uh, Amazon influencer storefront. Though there is a discussion that maybe at certain point we need to introduce Amazon as a separate platform that you can find influencers to influence on Amazon specifically, right? So in right now the the level of complexity it's only increasing, which is good and bad because that's where we're getting. Uh, you know what that shows that it's evolving and it's growing. Yeah, and I think you will have to probably do that because back to our other point. Why are you going to want people who are predominantly Amazon? Because they will they will be learning about what works on Amazon quicker than people who aren't or are just like on there, but it's their secondary channel. Um, so yeah, that's that's really interesting, and I'm sure from from a tech perspective, I'm sure it, it provides quite significant challenges. A lot of challenges, <laughs> and like our product managers, they uh, I think that's one of the reason that you're able to bring really smart people uh, from the product uh, and engineering side uh, because there are so many difficulties that you can uh, solve and it's possible. I'm not saying that sometimes there are some difficulties that it's really hard to resolve if you're a startup company, right? If you're not Google or with all of these powers. But it, it does possible, but you need to put a lot of things in process uh, there and a lot of uh, customer feedback data, all the stuff. So people are enjoying that, with all it's raising a lot of hard uh, decisions, uh, hard questions. Yeah, 100%. Um, Delia, we kind of touched upon some of this, but you know, the creator economy overall has grown so much, right? In terms of you see so many brands leaning into creator content, influencer content. You've got, you know, a wave of new brands being started by people of influence who are also creators. Why do you think it's grown so much over the last few years? And what do you think the future is in terms of the overall kind of creator economy? Great question. And I can chat about that for hours. Uh, we have limitations, so I have like a couple of bite minutes. Bite size, right? bite size, <laughs> dude, bite size. Bite size, exactly. Uh, but why? 
simple answer TikTok and Gen Z. I think they changed everything the way how people are starting behaviors uh, and uh, spending time uh, in social media. That has changed everything. And moreover, kick asses of uh, legacy platforms out there just to making sure that they also evolving and they starting thinking about okay how to engage how to entertain uh with uh users but not uh, only providing the content and, and social media and just just doing connections right it's not an, an anymore about that so that's why all major platforms they have shorts reels spotlight right which is to be honest copy paste of tiktok so i think tiktok in many ways they they boosted that uh, in many ways that's number one but also what I believe that the trader economy is uh, the only beginning because also COVID accelerated that in many ways. Many people, they quit their jobs, full-time jobs, or they're about to do that because they realize that, okay, I'm a creative person. I don't want to work a nine, a nine to five. What I want to do is uh, doing what I love, either creating music and you can be a music creator and moreover, you can be really successful uh, on TikTok and moreover, well paid for that. Uh, or you can uh, create a VGC or influencer publication. So there are so many opportunities right now just uh, on the distance of your iPhone, meaning that here's the iPhone, now I'm creator, right? You don't need to uh, to have production studio, you don't need to have video director. You can you can create in that uh, right away within the minutes. And I think uh, one of the most fascinating things that uh, I, I heard uh, a couple of months ago on Twitter, uh, Harley Finkelstein, president of Shopify, so he, he was basically tweeted uh, the following. The biggest thing happening on the internet now is the intersection of creators and commerce. Creators are changing the way people build brands. And I think that there are different ways how you can uh, take a look on that. So you can use creators for ads, but also there are a lot of things as you mentioned. So uh, instead of you building a brand with a some meaning and starting gaining the audience, what you can do right now, creators, they already, influencers, they already have some audience. How about building brand and plugging into this audience with the values, with the some ideas and so on. So there are a lot of opportunities here, not only for the ads and marketing, but in a way of building the brand from the scratch. And if people like Harley is saying that, I believe that it's, it's happening. I agree. I think that's definitely the future, I think. It's already happening, and, and Harley knows his stuff as well, so I wouldn't disagree. Awesome, man. Listen, we've got to gotta try and stay true to our name and wrap it up, but I feel like there's such an interesting space, such a dynamic space. There's, there's so many things. I'm going to connect or, or link this in the episode, but if people want to find out more about um, Incense, what's, what's the best way to do that? Give me a follow on LinkedIn or Twitter or just going through our website, Incense.pro. So, yeah, and... Uh, I would be I would love to chat and I would love to jam and I would love to challenge uh, why creators uh, why UGC is not bad hey, 100% <laughs> it'll, it'll creators can help you UGCs. yes 100% o over over an incredible bowl of uh, mac and cheese up in New York yep that's also a good option Daniel thank you so much buddy I appreciate you being on great chat thanks so much man <laughs>